I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron, and this is the Weekend Update or Weekend Edition. Today, writer Jeff Benson interviews Meltem Demirs, who just joined the Stacks Foundation, and they're going to talk about that plus a lot of Bitcoin chatter. They get really deep in the weeds and they have good debates. I really like this conversation. So please listen to it in its entirety because it is fun. But before we get into that conversation, let's get into those crypto prices. Bitcoin is sitting at $57,292, down 3.5% from yesterday. Ethereum is at $1,790, down 3.3%. Binance Coin is down 2.4% at the number three spot at 263. Tether is at number four. And Cardano, number 5 at 121, down 4.2%. And Polkadot, 3720, down 5.5%. Total market cap is still skyrocketing at $1.77 trillion, with the BTC dominance of 60.3%. And now, without more chitter-chatter and BS, here's the Crips writer, Jeff Benson and Meltem Demirs. I'm excited. Um... Yeah, and I'm so I'm curious, like, tell me a little bit more about what Blockstack does um, and, and what it's really ideal for, and then how the Stacks Foundation supports that. Yeah, definitely. So um, maybe a good place to start is just sort of like the history of, of Stacks. Um, so Stacks started as, as Blockstack, um, and I first met the team in 2015 when I started working in the crypto industry. Um, and really the idea or the vision that Maneeb and Ryan had was, you know, how can we bring um, identifiable objects and things like domains and identities to the Bitcoin ecosystem, right? Because in Bitcoin at the time, you have to remember there were colored coins, um, but there were like four competing colored coin standards, but there wasn't really a great way to bring programmability and extensibility to, to Bitcoin. And in 2015, I would argue was even worse than it is now, um, just because, you know, Bitcoin core um, was really, you know, focused on consensus issues in in bitcoin and ensuring um consensus and then the block size wars like fragmented that community and and i think what was really cool about blockstack at the time is um they're building on on top of bitcoin right so it was a complementary ecosystem to bitcoin which was really exciting for me because at the time ethereum um had just done their ico ethereum was about to launch there had been a, a lot of things that had launched on bitcoin like omni and others um, but a lot of them just weren't really sustainable and didn't really bring new functionality to Bitcoin. So this idea of bringing identities and domains and programmability and basically web-like functionality to Bitcoin's layer one was really compelling and really interesting. And then obviously watching them go through this evolution over the last six years of, you know, launching v1 um i remember the night v1 launched i sat in a bar with larry salibro one of the developers uh, we were in hong kong this is november 2017 and i was able to buy bitcoin.id <laughs> like, 
and had a few tequilas. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy this uh, Blackstack ID. Um, so it's just been really fun, you know, experimenting with it and watching the protocol go through its evolution. And then when they launched V2 late last year, which effectively, you know, allows people who are net long Bitcoin to use their Bitcoin to stack on top of Blackstack and earn um, stacks, but also allows people um, in the Stacks ecosystem to earn Bitcoin, you know, this building this bridge between um, what's happening in other blockchains, particularly Ethereum, and starting to think about how we build out Bitcoin's layer two was really compelling to me. Obviously, we've seen a lot of um, Bitcoin move onto Ethereum in the form of wrapped Bitcoin, whether that's done in a custodial manner or a non-custodial manner. But what we haven't really seen a lot of is people trying to bring some of Ethereum's functionality and simplicity and programming to Bitcoin. And so I think what Stacks is doing is really novel and really interesting and will be sort of an interesting evolution to see how much activity will shift back over to Bitcoin. Um, because I do think there's a, a large group of people who want to see, you know, a more robust application ecosystem on top of Bitcoin and to make it easier for developers to build with with Bitcoin. And right now, just the lack of modularity in Bitcoin's code makes it really challenging to, to do that. So with the advent of Clarity, which is Stack's programming language, you know, I'm really excited to see all the new apps that people are talking about launching, um, the grants program, rolling that out and enabling people to actually build these iterations and prototypes and um, having an opportunity to see what can be built if we can bring more of that extensibility to Bitcoin. Yeah, and I, I think you kind of hit on one of my questions in there, which is like Bitcoin can do smart contracts, it can do other stuff, but Ethereum really is doing that right now. So my question was kind of like, well, why not? It seems like there's a little bit of a question about the future of Bitcoin. So a lot of people are viewing it as kind of a digital gold store of value. This seems to open up the possibilities. Jeff, Bitcoin is not digital gold. Like to call Bitcoin digital gold is offensive because gold is a rock. Gold is a shiny rock. Bitcoin is not a rock. <laughs> okay. It's not a fucking rock. Bitcoin is magical internet money, right? Like the vision a lot of us always had is, is Bitcoin is magical internet money. Um, I think one of the challenges, though, and I think that it's completely fair to say one of the things Ethereum did really well is they made it really easy for developers to build with Ethereum, right? Solidity is right. very close in many ways to JavaScript. There are millions of JavaScript devs in the world. There are like 100 Bitcoin core devs in the world, right? So just in terms of building the developer ecosystem, make it e making it easier for people to build on top of Bitcoin. Like historically, building on top of Bitcoin has been really, really hard, like extremely hard. And the level of skill set that's required is just extremely high. And so what I would like to imagine Blockstack can help do, pardon, Stacks can help do, is lower the barrier to entry for devs to build on top of Bitcoin. And the other thing we are seeing, to be completely fair as well, is I think we're seeing a lot of people across layer one networks realize that right now the bulk of developer mindshare and the bulk of like developer skill set is in the Ethereum ecosystem. 
So if we can enable people to build apps on multiple layer ones, um, I think that's definitely compelling, right? And at the end of the day, I do think we are starting to see more bridges between different layer ones. And my goal, right, and my objective always is to see each layer one evolve um, around use cases that are in a position to specifically utilize the features of that protocol. What Bitcoin does better than any other digital asset, than any other cryptocurrency, is be self-sovereign money. And so that's where I think a lot of the opportunity for stacks in the near term is really around financial applications um, because Bitcoin is the money that people want to hold, right? We see this reflected in Bitcoin's 60% market cap dominance. Like when we look at the moneyness of cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin is what people perceive as the quote unquote gold standard, which is where I think the gold analogy comes from, but it's not a rock, right? And I think part of what frustrates me about the digital gold analogy is like using that analogy confines Bitcoin to a very narrow domain. All we do with gold today, right, is we take bars of gold and we shove them in vaults. The point of Bitcoin is not to take it and shove it in a vault. Right. And so I think, again, what we're going through with Bitcoin is sort of this exploration of, well, what else is possible when we remove some of these constraints of Bitcoin's layer one and start to enable things like micropayments with Lightning, um, start to enable smart contracts with stacks. And there's a lot of different things that are being built at the layer two level. But obviously, I have a big interest in, in Lightning and I love using Laps or Lightning apps. Um, I think they're awesome. And the the experience of sending one sat to someone is mind blowing, super fucking cool. And uh, and then I'll, in the other hand, you know, um, what Stacks is doing in terms of enabling people to build more complex logic with Bitcoin is is also really compelling. Right. And so you're going to be devising, implementing strategy uh, to build smart contracts, DApps, NFTs within Bitcoin's ecosystem. Can you talk about <laughs> NFTs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So. Um, so the Stacks board, um, the way that came about, so Rodolfo and Zavane, who are already on the board, and then Brittany, who is um, the chair of the board, I've known all of them for the last six years. And I think that's really valuable because where my mindset is and where my expertise is and what I'm thinking about, you know, is how do we bring liquidity to Stacks? How do we ensure there's adequate liquidity? How do we facilitate, uh, you know, the development of DEXs and other sort of trading applications, lending applications, AMMs, the types of things that you really need to bootstrap a healthy financial ecosystem that were so critical in making DeFi what it is today, right? Um, and so that's where I think, you know, my skill set is just different and my perspective is different because I'm bringing my markets perspective and my markets hat to this. So um, that's how sort of the board came about. And I also just really enjoy working with all these people and obviously like Muneeb and Patrick and the entire Stacks ecosystem. I'm just very familiar with them and, and their work. And there are probably three primary things I'd love to help bring to the Stacks ecosystem and work with the board and the rest of the um, ecosystem, Hero and others to start to really popularize and fund and help develop. Um, one is the development of a financial ecosystem on top of the Stacks protocol. Again, I think right now that really the primary use case for Bitcoin is still um, finance, right? And today, for example, Atomic Finance launched. It's a non-custodial way to earn uh, yield on your Bitcoin. I think there's definitely a lot of innovation happening around DeFi, but in a Bitcoin native way, right? Like Bitcoiners have very different principles than Ethereans. Um, and we're all friends. 
sense and I sit in both worlds, but I think Bitcoiners certainly are much more uh, preoccupied with the not your keys, not your coins narrative. So um, I think one important thing we'll be sort of thinking about how we can reconceptualize some of these DeFi applications with staffs. So I think that will be one important area we'll focus on. The second, obviously there's been a lot of interest in NFTs. Um, I've been in a few clubhouse rooms recently where we've been talking about NFTs. Um, I would say, you know, bringing NFTs to Bitcoin to me doesn't mean just taking what's happening with NFTs on Ethereum or Flow and just doing the same thing on top of Stacks. It's really thinking about what an NFT is at its core level. An NFT is really all about IP rights and provable claims. So when we talk about bringing NFTs to Stacks, what I'm really thinking about is how do we create a relationship between ownership, IP rights, and a staff's address, which then opens up a myriad of other applications, whether they're financial, whether they're creative, like IP rights sort of um, opportunities. So I think it's really reconceptualizing what we mean when we say NFT. And again, what I go back to, right, it's like, in essence, Bitcoin already has NFTs. In Bitcoin, an NFT is an unspent UTXO. Right. The Bitcoin you own really is an NFT in the sense that all you really own is an unspent, non zero balance UTXO, which is a unique sort of token. Yeah. And the, but the Bitcoin itself is, is fungible. And so I think um, just rethinking what we are talking about when we say NFTs and moving beyond like, hey, here's, you know, a piece of art that I'm giving you the digital right to. Everything, anything can be an NFT, including our identities, our wallets, like different locations on chain. So I think that would be really exciting. And then the last application really um, that I'm really excited about and I've spoken about at several Stacks events is um, the development of the underlying physical infrastructure supporting both Bitcoin and the Stacks ecosystem. So the way we think about compute and connectivity today, right, is very much built around these centralized platforms and corporations who provide us with cloud-based services. But I think architecting a new peer-to-peer, -peer, not just a software network, but really a hardware network is really important. And so I'm excited to see what role Stacks can play um, sort of its intersection with a Bitcoin mining ecosystem and how we can start to capitalize more proprietary hardware build and private hardware build that will support these applications so that we can start to migrate away from these centralized service providers who effectively own your entire you know, treasure trove of data um, and start to pivot to a world where people just own and custody more of their own data in a sustainable way. And so I think that's another exciting, probably longer term opportunity, but one that I think definitely doesn't get talked about enough with any of these protocols. Like there is a physicality to doing anything that involves computing connectivity. And I think Stacks is in a really unique place, given that this is about sort of rethinking and re-architecting infrastructure um, to also bring in some of that hardware narrative that I think is so missing from all of these other protocols today. My understanding is that the foundation actually, I think, early on kind of got 100 million SDX tokens. And the value of those tokens is now, I think, worth well over $100 million. So as you, correct me if I'm wrong, but as you look at, at how to allocate that money, what becomes kind of priority number one for you yeah. and the team? Yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. And to be totally candid, that's one of the initial topics I started talking with the foundation about a lot. Um, the middle of last year, you know, at that time, the balance of stacks they held was not 
worth as much as it is today. And one of the things we are actively discussing at the board level is how to manage the foundation's treasury in order to make it sustainable. Um, right. The, the idea here is and the grants program so far, right, we've given out very small grants. We're not giving out a, a lot of capital um, because I think the stage we're at right now is we need to formulate a more cogent, you know, 10 to 20 year plan um, and really think about how to allocate the foundation's resources to not only invest in the ecosystem, but also make the foundation and the ecosystem itself more sustainable. So that means looking at different treasury management options, whether that means diversifying out of stacks or finding ways to generate yield on the stacks the foundation holds so we can cover operational expenses. So that'll be a component of what we formulate over the next year or so. And it'll be important to also have community involvement in that. So we do have a community seat on the board. Um, all of the stacks board calls are, are made public and all of the topics that are discussed are shared with the stacks community. Um, and I do think as we start to formulate a plan for how we think that treasury could be utilized, we'll want to share that with the community and get, get their feedback as well, right? Like we're really just stewards who are bringing our expertise and our insights to the foundation. The really the foundation serves the broader stacks community. So I think a lot of what we do will really require input from the community as to what they like, what they don't like. We're just there to advise, right? And help sort of structure ideas and plans. Um, but one of the big areas I will focus on from an operational and strategic perspective is what, what does the foundation do with the sizable treasury? And again, I think the key there is, you know, longevity and sustainability is something that's been problematic, I think, for foundations and treasuries in the past. I think we also need to be very clear, like the foundation is not a venture fund. The foundation is not an investment firm. The foundation is, you know, not a commercial entity. So ensuring that what we do with the treasury is really appropriate for what the role of the foundation should be in the ecosystem, which right. is something just historically, Jeff, again, that a lot of projects in the space have really struggled with. I mean, it all sounds very exciting to me. I've talked to Medivh in the past, and so I'm excited to see what happens. It's a lot of work. Like, I'm a little yeah. intimidated. It's a lot of work. Um, but I am excited. And I think, you know, like the stack story is still in its early iterations. Again, I think as people start to recognize that Bitcoin is not just a shiny rock, <laughs> not gold. Bitcoin is not digital gold. Uh, and then just before I let you go, I wanted to uh, say I was reading through your uh, sci-fi reading list the other day, and I oh. read like, two books on that list. Wait, uh, what have you read? I, so I, in quarantine, I just finished Dune, and then before that, uh, I read Snow Crash. My wife has read some of some of the other books, like uh, Wool and the um, uh, the Margaret Atwood uh, Oryx and Crow. Oryx and Crake, yeah. Oryx and Crake's super fucked up. It's like real dystopian. Um, yeah, I need to update the list. I haven't updated in a while. I haven't done as much reading in quarantine. I found it really hard to, to read since quarantine started. Yeah. Um, but there's a bunch of really cool new stuff that's come out. Um, and then obviously, you know, like the Hugo Award and Nebula Prize are typically my go-to, seeing who the finalists are each year. So I just started working through the 2020 list. Um, and there's really very weird sci-fi that's coming out. I just think sci-fi is such an important part of what I do as a technology investor and sort of someone who's trying to connect all of these different dots and ideas. 
Um, Because science fiction is really the only way we have to time travel today and to explore different versions of the future. And so um, it's really helpful to inform your perspective through reading all these really different visions for the future um, and then being able to sort of tie them back to what you're experiencing today. And like sci-fi is prescient in so many ways because what sci-fi writers are effectively trying to do is like take human history, contextualize it, and then project it forward into the future, which I think is a really cool exercise in like technological anthropology in a way. Yeah. So I'm really into it. Well, Jeff, I'll talk to you later. Bye, Caitlin. Right, Thanks so much, everyone. Glad you both had a great time. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. I'll see you tomorrow with a normal show. Please go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And happy hodling. I'll see you tomorrow.